Today's episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast is proud to be partnered with Anchor Podcasts. Anchor is the easiest way for anyone to make a podcast. If you have a latent idea that's just kind of lying around for a show you would like to record one day, I'm confident that anyone could use this platform to host, record, and distribute your podcast, turning your idea into a reality. Anchor puts everything you need to be successful all in one place. You can start a new recording right from your mobile device. They also have convenient creation tools that allow you to edit your audio files so they sound crisp and great. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, letting listeners find your show almost everywhere, including Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several others. And best of all, it's free. There are no hosting fees or monthly subscriptions or minimum listener counts, just an easy-to-use platform to get your podcast out there at no cost to you. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm, of course, your host, Pastor Brad Gray. I serve as the senior pastor of Stonington Baptist Church in Paxinus, Pennsylvania. Uh, if you're listening and you'd like to find out more about uh, the church where I serve, you can go to stoningtonbaptist.org. You can find uh, more about our worship gatherings, more uh, you can listen to some sermons and just find out about some recent events that are coming up at the church and just find out about more about Jesus and about why we gather in the first place. So hopefully you'll do that. You'll avail yourself of that. If you're a member of Stonington Baptist Church, uh, thank you for listening. I uh, hope that you find this show uh, encouraging and insightful. Uh, and I hopefully that you find some of the links and resources here uh, beneficial to uh, your faith and you're able to uh, continue growing in the true grace of God, which is always and has always been the hope uh, of the of the, it's always been the reason uh, why I'm uh, doing this in the first place. So, uh, just some quick housekeeping sort of items. Uh, you'll have likely noticed uh, that if you go to graceupongrace.net, which has been for a while uh, the uh, domain name for the blog uh, that where I do everything uh, here, uh, has recently been pointed to the new uh, host and home of all of my sort of ministerial and blogging efforts, which is now on Substack. Uh, I recently... Uh, finished transferring all of my archives over to the new uh, to the new website. So if you go to graceupongrace.net and or pastorbrad.substack.com, you can find all of the resources that I've published uh, going all the way back, if you can believe it or not, um, to 2013. Uh, that's when I sort of started this journey. Uh, it's interesting as I was transferring all the articles over and all the sermons and all the podcasts over to the new uh to the new site i was kind of refreshed in just seeing uh the growth that has happened in the course of these 8 years of ministry uh through writing digital ministry through writing if i can use that sort of idea um and just also sort of the way uh my hopefully my focus has has 
or hopefully how all of that has geared and, and pointed people to Jesus and through a consistent and constant either not just focusing but refocusing on 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 the grace uh, of God that we have in Jesus Christ that's always been my hope like for ever since I started blogging and writing and and sort of ministering through these sorts of um, digital means I've always made it a point to say that the only reason why I'm doing this is is to point people to the timeless truth of God's grace upon grace uh, that's what I've always wanted to do it's never really been about me uh, it's never been about my brand um, I I think people go through phases in terms of 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 ebbing and flowing in terms of how sort of consistent and faithful they are with that sort of that that mindset. Um, but I I praise God that as, as I've been serving in ministry, that I've been able to use this sort of outlet as a way to think through things theologically, think through uh, sort of doctrinal issues, spiritual matters, devotional uh, issues, or just things that come up in my own in my own life and in my own course of study. I'm able to share and just process and think through thinking out loud. I'm able to chew on stuff that that is in my own life, is in my own heart, and I'm able to do that. And so hopefully you've benefited through my own sort of thinking out loud in that process. Uh, hopefully that's been a service to you. And that's what I want to aim to do. And that's what I hope to do through uh, as I open this sort of new chapter of blogging on this new platform. Uh, so if you go there, graceupongrace.net or pastorbrad.substack.com, you can find all of the old resources now in their new form, uh, newly formatted uh, for this new uh, website. And and uh, hopefully you're finding them beneficial to you. So uh, so I just want to share an update about that. I'm writing um, – I guess I should share too. Uh, I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago or at least a couple podcasts ago um, just about how I'm going to make this change but also the reasons why. Uh, I've been making a step away from social media. Um, and I'm putting together a, a blog that sort of details some of the reasonings why um, uh, that I why I've made that decision, and and I'm not writing that to sort of make you make the same decision. That's not at all what I hope to to accomplish. It's just really just sharing my heart as to why uh, I've made this move now. Um, and so hopefully you'll find that beneficial. I hope to come out with that pretty soon. Um, I've been it's been taking me a little bit longer than I think I was expecting to sort of just formulate all my thoughts on that. So anyways, just just know that the reasons why I've switched is really just a simplifying of my efforts in terms of online ministry. Um, so you'll find all of my thoughts about different books that I'm writing or uh, writing, uh, different books that I'm reading or anything that I'm studying are all going to be helmed and housed here, uh, along with just any sort of f family updates. Uh, so if you want to stay in the know and all that kind of stuff, make sure you subscribe. Uh, you'll just get a daily email. I try not to send too many emails, uh, hopefully just one a day, and you can just find out more about what I'm reading, uh, what's going on with my family and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully you'll you'll benefit from that. So, okay, enough of that sort of housekeeping. Uh, one other announcement too is if you're listening to this um, uh, on, a, on Wednesday, April 21st, which is when this is coming out, um, you'll, uh, I'm, we'll be looking forward to tomorrow, which is April 22nd. 
uh, and uh, attending the Gospel Coalition Central Pennsylvania Regional Chapter Conference uh, up in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. So this is a sort of local chapter of the Gospel Coalition uh, comprised of Central Pennsylvania Valley pastors who are uh, from a, a bunch of different backgrounds, mostly aligned with uh, sort of the Gospel Coalition statement of faith, but uh, it's just a lot of pastors who love Jesus and who are seeking to reach this area of the United States with the Gospel of Jesus Christ and His righteousness for sinners. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that conference tomorrow and just being encouraged by uh, the fellowship and the worship uh, around the Word of God with fellow pastors, fellow sort of... Uh, uh, men in arms, brothers in arms, uh, m- men in the trenches that are uh, fighting for the faith in their particular localities. So uh, if you're a pastor and you're listening to this and you're in the area, you're local, uh, feel free to make the drive. Uh, I'll put a link to the event in the notes for this show. I would love to see you there, love to connect with you. Um, and even if you're not a pastor, I'm sure we would welcome you there. Uh, so anyways, uh, I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Um but I share that only because I've been thinking a lot about the pastorate recently. Um, and so this morning, uh, I want to talk about some articles revolving all revolving around pastoral ministry and uh, how uh, I've been able to grow um, by reading them, and I've been greatly benefited by reading and studying and chewing on these articles, and so I figured uh, I'd share the love with you. So uh, before we get there, really quick, I want to share a word from uh, today's presenting sponsor. Do you like coffee? I know that you do, and that's why I want to tell you about Fresh Roasted Coffee. Fresh Roasted is a locally owned and operated coffee house right here in central Pennsylvania that is committed to providing the highest quality coffee on earth. They do so by sourcing only the freshest coffee beans and by using the most eco-friendly roasting technology in the world. Fresh Roasted's USDA certified organic coffee beans ensure that your coffee is consistently regulated at each stage of the production process and completely free of GMOs and harmful synthetic substances. Fresh Roasted Coffee roasts their beans per order with immediate packaging and shipping directly to your door, meaning that you get to experience fresh coffee at its peak drinkability. That's what I like. I was introduced to Fresh Roasted Coffee soon after moving to Central Pennsylvania, and I'm so happy I was because I think it's literally the best coffee out there. Their Blackbeard's Revenge blend is out of this world good. Whether you use a regular drip coffee maker or pour over or a French press, however you get your coffee fix, make it fresh roasted. Go to the link in the notes for this show and use the offer code GRACE10 at checkout. That's offer code GRACE10 at checkout to get a discount on your next order. Okay, so first up in uh, the articles that I want to talk about is an article entitled Advice to Young Preachers. Uh, this is written by Dr. R. Scott Clark over on the Heidel blog. Um, Dr. Clark uh, is, a, is a professor and teacher and pastor that I have referenced a lot uh, over the years. He... <laughs> 
he puts my writing and my blogging to absolute shame only because he puts out just a plethora of resources, mostly revolved around gearing Christians and those in the church towards a Reformed uh, confession of faith. He is a staunch proponent of Reformed theology, um, which, of course, I'm not always um, in line with totally, uh, but that's okay. Uh, his insights into pastoral ministry are some of the best around. Um, and this particular article is a really good example of that. Uh, this article, Advice to Young Preachers, is just full of some really hearty and weighty practical counsel, pastoral advice for preachers and pastors who are younger, um, of which I am proud to be a member of that demographic. <laughs> uh, I am glad that God has called me into the ministry, into the pastorate at a young age. Uh, I have not engaged in this occupation with no small amount of, 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 of sort of, of, of tension, of, of, of the weightiness of this call. I, I understand all that sort of is involved and I'm, I'm glad that God has uh, has infused me with his spirit enough to be able to say, I, I want to learn uh, the ministry as I minister and as I serve as pastor. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm glad that I get to be able to do. Um, this particular article deals with advice, uh, particularly on the event of the sermon. Now, event is an interesting term um, that Clark uses throughout this article to refer to the sermon only because – and I say interesting because I think it, it adds a sort of uh, weightiness to what happens when the pastor, when the preacher opens the Bible to and begins to preach. Uh, he's not uh, just chatting. He's not just sitting there giving helpful advice or tips or anything like that. The event of the sermon is an event in which uh, all of our thoughts and our attentions and, and all of the things that we have been weighed down by throughout the week ought to be uh, solely focused on the Lord of the gospel, the Christ, the Messiah Jesus. And um, I think that, uh, so just as a, a, a side note, um, I think it's interesting that Clark calls it the, an event, uh, that the sermon is an event that ought to gear that sort of uh, that sort of attention. But I think also, too, for the pastor, uh, this, I'm speaking to myself here, uh, there's a tendency to just say everything every single time you're behind the pulpit. Um, that, you know, uh, throughout the course of a week, I am studying and reading uh, an assortment of books and commentaries, and I'm gaining uh, a slew of insights and truths that um, for, on a particular passage of Scripture that uh, I'm just being full, uh, uh, getting full on. And there's a tendency, and I even know this in my own, <laughs> in, in my own sort of practice and habit, there's a tendency to just sort of vomit out all of that information uh, every single time I'm preaching, um, but I think there's a there's a learned patience that comes through experience, a wisdom that comes through years of experience. I would say, in in, in which you learn to be okay with the limits of of the sermon event. The time allotted for this event uh, it sort of keeps you honed in on saying I'm limited by this amount of time. So what? how can I get the truth of this passage and the truth of God's law and God's gospel uh, 
made clear in the time allotted. Um, and I think that's really what Clark is aiming to do throughout this this particular article. Uh, the most beneficial, I think, passage comes as he discusses the similarities and the differences between um, an academic paper and the sermon itself. Um, because with an academic paper, that's very much where you would gather all this data, gather all this information, and you would just pour it out in a way in which doesn't really bring home what that particular data means for the people who are hearing it. Academic papers are usually just the reporting of information. Uh, a sermon is not that, however. It's it's bringing to bear what God's law and God's gospel means for you out of a, out of a particular passage from God's word. Uh, to that end, Clark writes this, quote, A sermon is a divinely authorized announcement of God's truth. It is a proclamation proclamation of the great history of redemption as much as it is the transmission of data. A term paper doesn't necessarily have to distinguish law and gospel, but if your sermon doesn't, then your sermon is a failure. A sermon must recapture the attention, inform, illustrate, persuade, and exhort. The preacher has a much bigger job before him. If a term paper fails to meet its goals, it might result in a poor grade or a rewrite. If a sermon fails to do its job to announce the bad news and the good news, there is much more at stake, end quote. Um, as a pastor who is also uh, a student in seminary, I really feel profoundly this tension, this tension between uh, learning all of these these great, incredible insights into the Word of God and wanting to just say them all as if I'm reporting uh, all of this scholastic information um, and distinguishing between that and bringing to bear God's law and gospel for people, for God's people. Um, I, I would say, and I would have to confess that I've had to work at keeping scholastic language out of my sermons, uh, and keeping them in the realm of, of academia, uh, keeping them for that particular purpose. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, if, if, if you know, uh, me over the last sort of two years or so, I've been engaged in seminary work and in seminary studies, um, which, by the way, right now I'm uh, I'm in a little bit of reprieve from that, but uh, I've I've I've, whack, I've I've sort of ebbed and flowed in terms of my focus on academic writing, which I don't really have a particular fondness for, <laughs> and I think that's okay. Um, I think God is definitely making it clear that He hasn't called me to that world, um, but I, I've also fought to keep all, all the sermons that I preach sort of incessantly and fervently applicable and Christ-centered. Um, that's, I think, the prevailing necessity of the pulpit, which, <laughs> sorry, that's a, a, a shameless self-promotion for one of my recent articles, which uh, in, in which I wrestled with many of these same themes. Uh, the article is called Just That, The Prevailing Necessity of the Pulpit, in which I sort of talk about what I believe uh, the church needs to hear uh, coming from the pulpit. And so I talk about a lot of these same sort of things and how we can't just slap Jesus on to our to our sort of uh, scholastic sermons and hope that it that it brings people to Jesus. It needs to bring to bear Jesus through the proclamation of God's word and God's gospel to to preach Christ crucified as as, as Paul wrote about and and everywhere declared in his in his epistles. Um, 
I, I was pretty proud of that priest, so hopefully you can go read it. But it talks about this same sort of thing, that the sermon is a divine event in which God's good news is brought to bear in the lives of God's people, uh, in the lives of sinners and saints. It, it's this good news that we must preach. Um, I was really helped by this article by uh, R. Scott Clark, and I hope that you will be too. Just in maybe you're not a uh, not a preacher, maybe you're not a pastor per se, but I think that you can gain some really healthy insights into uh, what is involved, not just with sermon preparation, but with just how to how to uh, have your attention attuned to the the sermon event. Um, so. Anyways, go read that piece. I think you'll be benefited by it as as a pastor who seeks to uh, make sermons beneficial to anyone who comes to church on that particular day. I, I found a lot of good news in it um, because uh, as I believe that the the prevailing necessity of the pulpit is nothing but the truth of in the gospel of Christ crucified. I would say that that's the sort of preaching that lasts, which is another good segue into the next article that I want to talk about. This particular article was written by Nick Batzig on his uh, blog, uh, feedingonchrist.com. Uh, he writes an article uh, from a couple months ago uh, with that particular title, Preaching That Lasts, uh, What Endures. Um, and Nick here touches on a really similar note. Uh, he, he, he starts with a preach, with a treatment of preaching that I think is so, so incredibly significant and so very just sound in terms of what we need out of pulpits in our day and age. Uh, we need strong preaching, preaching that brings uh, God's truth to bear right where we are in our lives. This is not, he makes the reference to particle board preaching. <laughs> It's, it's preaching that has a very flimsy substance. It, it, it doesn't last. It doesn't have any sort of a during quality. This is what we could talk about preaching headlines. We don't preach headlines. We preach truth. We don't preach just what's in the newspapers. We preach uh, God's law and God's gospel. We preach Jesus's cross. This is something that is timeless and eternal. It's the loving work of Jesus for sinners because sinners are all that there are. This is what we need to hear from the pulpit. Uh, and by the way, that's that can be written about academically, but that can also be preached pastorally. And that's what the pulpit needs, a pastoral fervor for the timeless truth of God's love, which is, yes, it can be referenced in light of, you know, news headlines. But if the news headlines are, 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 guiding the way that we read the scriptures. We will be those uh, among the most grieved uh, because we will not see the full picture preaching the whole counsel of God, I believe, as pastors are called to do, as we, the church, are called to examine the scriptures as, as the full counsel, the full revelation of what God is doing in and with our world, we are made to see that even in this moment, there is no cause for panic because the Christ who died is the Christ who ascended and is the Christ who is now reigning. Uh, he is the king forever. And we, as preachers, are just 
beat reporters that get to bring that good news that this Jesus is still ruling and reigning, that the Jesus who died is the Jesus who rose again, and he is ruling and reigning on our behalf. (laughs) That's not particle board. That's strong preaching that has roots in the eternality of God himself, that has, has its tendrils linked to something timeless, which is God's good news. Um, I was so encouraged by that article. I was so enriched by hearing uh, the type of preaching that we need, uh, because I think that this is this will bring us uh, I, such boundless encouragement in these day days that are so full of grief and darkness and so and, and despair. You look around you and you see uh, you see a world that is pining for something good. I'm reminded of that verse, a verse in which I'm studying right now for my sermon on Sunday. It comes from Psalm chapter 4 um, in, it, in, in verse 6. And the psalmist says, There be many that say, Who will show us any good? And we, we would hear the same sort of cry in our own day. Who will show us good? The world is so full of darkness, so full of badness, so full of despair and brokenness. There's all sorts of corruption and violence and hatred and injustice and vitriol. There's all sorts of, of just wretchedness on display everywhere you turn, not as, <laughs> especially if you're turning on the headline news. You're seeing people through all sorts of examples say sort of the same thing. Where is the good? And I love the psalmist's answer. He says, Lord, lift up the light of thy countenance upon us. Where's the good in a world that is full of bad? It comes from the light of God's face. It comes from Jesus the face of God in the form of flesh. <laughs> that's, that's where we see God's goodness brought to bear in our own lives. And guess what? That's the message that I get to preach week in and week out. I get to bring to bear that good news. <laughs> I, I, count, I count that among the, the most precious privileges of my whole entire life, that I get to bring to bear the good news of God's countenance for us, the, the precise fact that he has put gladness in our hearts, as the psalmist continues in Psalm 4-7. He's put it there because of Jesus. And we can have joy that endures because we have a righteousness that is not ours. That's the sort of preaching that lasts. That's what I hope defines me as a pastor throughout my career, if I can use that word, in ministry. Which brings me to another article I wanted to talk about. This one is called The Eight Stages of Long-Term Pastoral Ministry by Phil Newton over on the Gospel Coalition, in which he, he talks about the stages, so to speak, of pastoral ministry. Um, He talks about sort of uh, seasons in which pastors go through as he sort of uh, talks about his own experiences and seasons as one of God's under shepherds, as one of God's pastors. And he he includes this counsel, which I haven't been able to, to get out of my mind, which is just this. 
He says, quote, shepherd for the long run, avoid living for the short blazes of glory, end quote. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so grateful for reminders like that. That to engage preaching that lasts, we need to have pastoral patience and endurance. The, the calling of a pastor isn't the calling of a flash in a pan sort of minister or evangelist. It's the, it's the calling for patient, long-term shepherding. To know that you might be, I keep referencing this, this comes from a sermon that I heard from a conference several years ago, I think it was by Zach Aswine, which in which he said that you, pastor, are planting the seeds for trees that you will never get to enjoy the shade of, that you are doing the work of a shepherd that you might not be able to see the fruit of. You're engaged in the faithful ministry of a pastor that has a long-sighted goal in mind, which is the glory of God that is brought to bear in the lives of those that you have been called to serve. I pray that, that as a young shepherd that I heed this pastoral advice, <laughs> that I make my sermons not about data, but about the deliverer. And that as I preach, that I don't pontificate on, on, on truths that are, that are best left in the classroom, but I preach the, the good news that lasts. Strong preaching that, that exalts and exemplifies and magnifies the Savior. I think that's how I shepherd for the long run. Me, this is, I guess this is just a confession. <laughs> I guess that's what this, this podcast is. <laughs> it's a confession that, that all of what I'm trying to do as a pastor, it's for God's glory. And uh, hopefully that that will be seen. The, that the longer that I engage in this long, long-winded shepherding, <laughs> this, this view of of pastoring that is here for the long run, it's is to know that there's enough grace for all of that. God's not going to leave us high and dry. He is with us every single step of the way. How grateful I am for that. There's never a moment when I am outside of his care. Through all the stages of pastoral ministry that I have faced and have yet to face, there's a shepherd who walks beside me. There's a, a shepherd who goes before me and says, run after me, brother, run after me. I am the true shepherd. You see, this is what makes it so incredibly encouraging that, that we have this gospel. We have the gospel of our true and better brother who comes alongside us to take our place that now we might be called the sons and daughters of God. Uh, I, I am so encouraged by uh, the fact that I get to, that I get to be a pastor because I, I, I get to, to preach the good news that this church isn't something that's mine. It's something that his, it, it's, it's Jesus's, it's Jesus's church. He's the one who builds it. He's the one who keeps it. He's my support as I seek to, to, to bring uh, good news to, to lost and tired and worn out sheep. That, 
no matter how long and hard this road is of pastoral ministry, he is my sustenance. That he's the one that's going to build his church, not my skill, not my eloquence, not my intelligence. He's the one who builds it. He's the one who keeps it. He is the good shepherd who pastors his pastors. <laughs> he's the good shepherd who, who keeps and sustains his under shepherds as they seek to keep and sustain God's sheep. May God bless my ministry. I, I pray that as long as I'm alive, I'm able to serve Jesus and bring to bear his good news into the lives of his people. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much for just uh, being uh, allowing me to share my heart, uh, my heart for ministry, especially as it, is, as it revolves around being a pastor and serving as, as, as one of God's under shepherds. Uh, thank you so much for this. I, I hope you've been blessed by this episode. Um, if you haven't yet, subscribe to Ministry Minded wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and I pray that you will you will do that as you and I, as I pray that you are encouraged uh, by uh, conversations and just episodes like this. So thank you as always for listening, for commenting, and subscribing. I'll see you on the next episode. Blessings. <laughs>